All right, welcome to another edition of the Horse Racing Happy Hour. We're gonna trying to get the 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 beer cut. We got a little bit of the uh, the Butcher Town here. The last one. The last of the. It's our last uh, week hanging out with us, Butcher Town. Uh, the Gianna. In honor of you, my friend, of course. Thank you. Uh, Butchertown Brewing, just east of downtown. So when you come to town for Derby, go check them out. Just east of downtown in the Melwood Arts Center. Across from a good pizza spot there, too. But we have to... Danny Max, is that what that is? It is Danny Max. Yeah, all right. That? Yeah, well, crack sticks. I know my pizza places. <laughs> Welcome in our guy, John Lindo. What is your favorite style of pizza, John Lindo? Anything uh, that's on the plate works for me. <laughs> I, I like it. Uh, Chicago, Detroit, uh, even the thin crust stuff out here, New York. It doesn't matter to me. That's all there good. Go. Love it. Yes, I would consider. He fits my, in with the show. Yeah, there that, you go. That, that's, that's a good. It's a good. I, I want to uh, say that that's the proper answer, but not the right answer. Yeah, right. <laughs> what's, what's the right answer there, Zach? What is your answer? Chicago oh, Tavern. We, we, everybody's going to be different, but I, I will tell you that there is nothing like a deep dish Chicago pizza. It's not a pizza; it's a casserole. You can call it whatever you want. But sure. Are you a Giordano's or Lou Malnati's? Giordano's. Oh, Giordano's. Giordano's. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Lou Malnati's is really good. A pizzeria Uno is really good if you go down to Uno and Douay downtown. But um, I grew up literally down the street from Giordano's. Nice. There you go. All right. There was a place in Chicago, though, that too, uh, like right across the street from where the Valentine's Day massacre happened, that does a pizza pot pie. So the pizza is like <laughs> upside down and the crust is on top. And it was. It was really, really good. I can't remember what the name of that place there is. We went there once, so it was, it was awesome. I have to say, one of the best developments recently is that a guy like John even knows what Detroit style pizza is. Like Detroit, the good, the good pizzas are traveling. Detroit style pizza is starting to make a little bit of a noise. It is, yeah. No, it's good. Thanks to Jets. Well, I have a body by pizza, so it works. <laughs> <laughs> you fit in again with the show it's very well. Very so well. we did not scare John Lindo away. He, he came back. Thoroughbred LA every Saturday and Sunday out there on KLA. Make sure you check him out. Of course, the big weekend with the Santa Anita Derby and the Santa Anita Oaks this weekend. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, but before we do that, we really got to had to dig into these races from the last weekend because. I think we saw two legit contenders, um, and we're going to start by looking at Forte's, uh, what I thought was just highly impressive win here in the Forte Derby. Fort Bragg tries to sneak away. He has the lead by two and a half. Mr. Ripple, he's now second. Cyclone Mischief moves up on the outside third. Forte's locked in as Mage begins to roll from the back. They race past the quarter mile pole in the Florida Derby, and Mage got the jump on Forte as he goes to get Fort Bragg. Cyclone Mischief is fighting hard. He's still right there. Less than a quarter of a mile to come, and Cyclone Mischief, he's up for a fight, tries to turn away Mage. Forte better hurry up. Final 16th of a mile. Forte starts to gather in the top horses. Here comes Forte. This is going to be very close, but the champion prevails. Forte wins over Matt. All right, Louie, no matter what the time actually was in the end. <laughs> Go we'll, check out we'll, that episode. I did one with uh, Peter Gagarlianos. used to be the field manager for Trackus. <clears throat> kind of walk through how those those timing issues happen in the United States um, on Tuesday. That's available uh, wherever you get our podcast. And actually, I think the fact that it was a slower time actually to me makes it more impressive of a win. So, um, okay. Yeah. And we can talk about that here in a second. But just overall, what were your takeaways from watching? I, I just, there? you know, the, the other part is it's going to be very close, is what Peter Ilo says at the end there. And then it wasn't very close, actually. No, it was not a he photo. He bounded past yeah. Mage at the end of that race. The other part to remember here, too, and I'm, I don't know how John feels about this. We're going nine furlongs there. We're going to go 10 in the Kentucky Derby. And I think he's going to love every bit of the distance, John. Well, absolutely. And, you know, he came off an easy win in the Fountain of Youth. Everything went his way. Nothing went his way the other day. Uh, out, terrible post. Got back, got stuck in traffic, ate a lot of sand in his face. 
Mage went right, right around him, full of run, and to come back and go around him and actually win under wraps, I was uh, surprised and impressed. Uh, you know, he's now he's obviously battle tested. He won the Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile. Yep. He can, and you, you now know he doesn't have to get things his own way. He'll make his trip if, if something goes wrong. And like I say, I I think the, the longer stretch, you know, Churchill Downs is only going to help him. So you can check a lot of boxes on this horse. He handles just about everything. And, uh, you know, I thought he was a little nervous in the paddock and going to the gate, too. He got a little hot going to the gate. So he got a little bit of a cra- the taste of the big crowd and, and all the activity. He got all through that. So, again, a lot of boxes checked off for Forte. Yeah, you can't really ever simulate the twin horse field or the 170,000 people, right? But uh, that was about as close as you're going to get to, you know, can someone handle traffic? Uh, there might not have been as much bumping or whatever else. You know, he didn't even really get a good ride. I mean, I think that's the other thing, too. It's like he overcome, in some ways, even overcame his jockey. Uh, you know, and that might be kind of sacrilegious to talk about Irad not, Irad not giving a good ride. But at the end of the day, um, he might have made his one move too soon. He didn't have him in great position. And that horse, five wide. I mean, that, he had to run so much further than every other horse out there. Um, and to me, when I said if it was a slower time, it made it a little bit more impressive because – you know, you could almost see a closer winning a race with a really hot pace, but it wasn't a hot pace. Those horses, all those horses up there, uh, Fort Bragg, Mage, were horses that we were talking about the week before that, quite honestly, at that pace should have been able to almost go wire to wire. And so uh, for Forte to be able to still storm up in front with a, with that slower pace, I think it's incredibly impressive. I think John talking about him figuring out the trip, even though it didn't go his way, is absolutely the headline of this race Absolutely. is that he made he made his own trip in this one um in the same way frankly in the founding youth he made his trip there too just happened to be a lot easier and so um it, it's it is nice when you see three-year-olds that go back to back and just win right they just they want to be at the front and that's where we're at i think we're about to see that with angel of empire as well he's got that attitude i don't know if he's as talented as forte but at least he's got the attitude um and <clears throat> i mean john before we see the races this weekend is Forte the best three-year-old that's been through a 100-point race at this point? Well, I think so. Uh, yeah, you know, okay. He okay. showed his quality as a two-year-old. Uh, he's come back, and, and he's actually, I think, moved forward a little bit because he's handled some different situations at Gulfstream. And to win from far off the pace at Gulfstream is not an easy thing to do. No. So I think he was battling a track profile, a bad trip, everything else, and and uh, he got through it, like I say. So I don't think you can ask anything else of him. He goes into the, uh, the Derby as a legit favorite. Yeah, we. When's the last time we had a favorite like this big of a favorite this early? Like, well, there's no question if, the, if Forte makes the race because there's a lot of things that can still happen as we've all seen with Omaha. Probably Beach. justify coming out of the Santa Anita Derby. That's, Probably five yeah. years ago. Yeah, because people yeah, were knew. like three to one kind of. They were like that horse is gonna be three to one. That's what we're gonna get. And he went off at five to two, I think, so, or seven to two maybe. And, um, yeah, I think it's been since uh, since justifying. But by the way, justifiably so. Dad <laughs> joke. Love it. Okay. All right. I'll be here all night. Tip your servers. Yeah. Um, you want to watch Angel of Empire? Yeah, let's watch a little Angel of Empire. <laughs> and I, you know, honestly, let's let's be fair here before we can put this race on here. I don't I don't know how seriously we were taking him as a contender on this show. Uh, we were definitely more on the wait and see. Well, we we definitely we wait and we gave saw him out twice. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah we, you know you gave him out, but as far as like it being a derby derby contender, right? So let's let's take. I love the style. Let's see it. And Interlock Empire dropping back and out of it as Bourbon Bash. Red Route 1 enters the stretch, 10th and last, as they straighten away in the upper stretch. And Angel of Empire has ranged into the lead here. Two Eagles River drops back on the inside. 
Toward the outside, King Russell is running on. Reincarnate in the second flight with airtime. And Rocket Tan, Angel of Empire, and Flavian Pratt, Angel of Empire, wins the Arkansas Derby and wins it clear. I think the thing that's striking for me, Louie, looking at that uh, race replay, especially when we get to the head on, Angel of Empire looks like, you know, a Division One athlete amongst a bunch of JV basketball players. I agree. I, I agree. mean, that's what the best horse is supposed to do amongst a field of horses that aren't as good as he is. Right. That's what he did on Saturday. So, um, I, I mean, I cashed a very large ticket betting on him down in Louisiana, so I was very happy to see him do it at Arkansas. John, I personally really value when horses can take their – their show on the road and go to another track and, and repeat a performance from another, uh, you know, not a different surface as in dirt, but it's a different service at the different track. Uh, do you also value that when you're watching these three-year-olds? Oh, absolutely. Especially a lightly raced horse like Angel right. Harlem. He, he, he hasn't been, you know, all over the world doing all kinds of things. He's only had a few starts and, and he's taken that step forward every single time. He obviously handled the mile and an eighth. Uh, Flavian Pratt was not at the end of the – he didn't have an empty tank at the wire. There was something left there. He should move forward again, and he's another one of those horses. I think the further he goes, the better he's going to like it. And uh, I would expect him to move forward again in the Kentucky Derby. Now, you know, he's not as seasoned as some of, those, of the other horses that will be there, but he hasn't shown me anything that that is going to hold him back from moving forward again. And like I say, when you can ship and then you run well at Oakland. Horses that handle that main track tend to handle Churchill Downs pretty well, too. And, you know, and again, I want to back up my comment of what I said earlier about the uh, the Division One athlete, a bunch of bunch of JV players, because I think we probably felt better about the depth of this field with Reincarnate and Rocky Can and Red Route One. I know you really like the, the Two Eagle River horse. I did like um, Two Eagle River um, as a local horse, yeah. You, you had Harlow Cap in there as well, who was a Baffert and then got transferred over to Asmus and um, – did, did you feel better about this field than you did the Florida I, Derby? I felt like it was more open than the Florida Derby, yes. <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, Angel and, of and Empire. And it paid like it. 1140 is a lot, a lot better than oh, the absolutely. 3 to 10 we got on. I on. mean, Angel of Empire was not the favorite in this race, right? It was uh, he, she, uh, or he went off as the fourth pick. Um, well, $739,000 paycheck. <laughs> right. I'll pay some bills. Yeah, a little well. bit. <laughs> so. You have to remember, too, guys, uh, Angel of Empire – the race he won down at fairgrounds, it kind of fell apart late and all the closers did well. Yep. So it looked like the race shape helped him. There was not a ton of speed in this race, the Arkansas Derby, and he he overcame that anyways. He he ran well despite the race shape this time. Right. So again, he did he did a lot of things right. I, I think that pressing style too is a winning style in the Derby, John. Um, I, I think that, you know, with Forte, you give him credit for the outside post and having to overcome all of those things. But the style that Angel of Empire ran in this race is one that can absolutely win the Derby, be in fifth, sixth, seventh place. And then when you get to the turn, that's when you make your move. And you've only got a couple of horses to pass rather than having to be a rich strike and just get the perfect zigzag sort of uh, trip uh, in and out. Do you take that into account when you start looking at your Derby contender, Forte, able to do it a lot of different ways, Angel of Empire, able to do it with a more pressing style? Does that stand out for you? Well, anytime you have versatility, then then you're not dependent on the race shape or what happens. You can adjust it as things go, and these these two horses have already done that. And like you say, at Churchill Downs, hmm. even though it's a mile and a quarter, you want to be on top of those leaders turning for home. You don't want to have to pass six or seven horses. It's not easy to do. Absolutely. So, I mean, two legit contenders, I think, going into this, and I think we're going to talk about another one. 
Um, yeah, because I think we didn't know outside of Forte what was in this three-year-old class necessarily. Right now, I think we're going to have some answers this weekend as well. Yeah, absolutely. But I love that a horse like Angel of Empire wins one of the Wonder Point races because I think we look at him and we go, that's a horse that can hit the board in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, I would agree. And, I, you know, I, especially when we had, you know, Arabian Knight not going. Correct, um, right? Sure. You know, Cave Rock. Cave Rock hasn't going. materialized. That's yeah. right. Exactly, yes. So it's, it's, it's good. I mean, I do think when we see practical move um, – you know that's a horse that I I expect to be right there with him. So and I, and I kind of like the fact that it's Yachtin's by himself and not a Baffert that's been shipped to him. So it, that's starting to gain steam, by the way. I yeah, hope so. I saw an article. I think it was Blood Horse today about how Yachtin has one of his own. Uh, you know, something like that. <laughs> um, John, are we, I, I, I'm I'm a little I'm a little tired of those kinds of of headlines. I think that you know it, I would feel really bad if Tim Yachtin does a really great job with a horse, wins a derby, and then he doesn't get the full credit because he won't, um, you know, and, and so it's you don't he get the full credit on practical move, practical move. Yes. Yes. Other horses. No. He would, right. And so, I and I, and that. I get it. I, I want to be clear. I get it, but it doesn't make me feel better. So I just, is that, is that still a, I mean, you know, for example, phase is running this weekend in the Oaks and she's still in the Baffert barn. So clearly that, you know, ownership has agreed, Hey, we're not going to Kentucky Oaks. We'll exactly. go to another race. Um, We'll talk about it when we get there, but is this still is this a conversation all the time, or people in Southern California kind of moved on? Well, we kind of, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah, right. and you know, you're not supposed to have any contact. Baffert is not supposed to be having any contact with Yachtin. Talk about training these horses that have been transferred. Tim knows what he's doing. He was he, he worked for Baffert for six years in an assistant. He knows yep. how those horses are trained on a regular basis. And obviously, uh, he you know, he's having the best year that that he's ever had. He's got a lot of live horses on on Der Santa Anita Derby Day at Santa Anita. Not only uh, the horses he has in the Santa Anita Derby, so uh, he's a capable trainer. Well, you know, I think he'll get out of these horses whatever you can get out of them. I like it. Yeah. I mean, again, I, and that's where I, if he was going to get his first one, I would love for it to be on Practical Move, who I do think is a legit contender. De Forte, I'm, I'm oh, really no looking question. forward yeah. to it. I do think. He, I, mean, I think we're going to have something this weekend. I think it's going to happen regardless of who wins the Santa Anita Derby because I don't think we're going to get a major upset out there that we're going to have a, a debate that we've had so many times, John, which is who do you like better, the Santa Anita Derby winner or the Florida Derby winner? Well, that's a, we won't know till they all get them together in the same place <laughs> and they run together. You know, that's what we have to do working on our numbers. You go to a neutral track and, oh, and yeah. you, you go from there and you watch them train on that racetrack. Who knows? But uh, you know that's that's our job to figure it out. Once these things are all in the in the in the pipe, and we can uh, you know look at the film and try and figure out where we're going to go. I have a feeling, by the way, that I discovered who the buzz horse is going to be. Backside Churchill Downs Derby Week. Are you ready? Okay, I think I'm, I have can. You guess two fills? No, that's a good one though. But he won a hundred point race, and I get it. It's 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 turfway, whatever. Cyclone Mischief is going to get a bunch of a bunch of hype because it's Dale Romans. Maybe. And that horse did not run poorly in the Florida Derby. He did not. He did not run poorly in the Florida Derby. And we're going to hear about how he loves Churchill, how he's just he's just floating over the surface. All that's going to happen. It's going to be Cyclone Mischief. That's my prediction. 30 days before the Derby today, calling it. Give me 25 days from now, we're talking about Cyclone Mischief. He'll, he'll still be a... He'll be the Danza of this year. He'll still be a 30 to 1. <laughs> Better know. be thirty to one. When that eighth pull hits him, he's going to say, "What? Well, we got to go some more." <laughs> I agree with John. What am I, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing here? He'd be—he's going to be a great one-turn miler. Yeah, yeah. That's, he will. He will. <laughs> he will for and sure. He's a great horse. Dale deserves to have a good horse again. Yeah. I mean, it's been—it's been a while. So, 
All right, so let's talk a little bit more about this grade one Santa Anita Derby. So can I ask John oh. a question before we get to the handicapping handicap? Sure, okay. So, John, I, I was thinking about this the other day, about Southern California racing and, and what what the big days are. And you, I think it was with you last time you were on that you talked about when you were a kid, big cap day was the day, right? right? And to me, and I don't know if Mike agrees, from the outside, the biggest race in Southern California now is the Pacific Classic. I would agree. Okay. Right. Would you agree that that's the shift that's happened, John, and has the Santa Anita Derby even moved ahead of the big cap? Yeah, as far as Santa okay. Anita goes, the Santa Anita Derby Day is the biggest day. Uh, they pile a bunch of big races. You know, the big cap, as much as I love it, has lost yeah. a lot of the luster because the big horses go elsewhere. And right now, the Pacific Classic is the only million-dollar race for thoroughbreds in California. So it's got to be the biggest race. And, and you do get shippers coming in after that money, and, and it's – yeah, Del Mar, right. we get a big crowd. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Okay. All right. So, the grade one Santa Anita Derby, Santa Anita Derby yeah. is race six on Saturday, mile and eighth. Uh, on the dirt, of course, for three year olds, $750,000. You know, got to get those purses up for the, something like this, too. I think, you know, 750 is on par with the wood. It's not, it's not. No, yeah. that's good. 750 is good. No, but it, it's, it's 700 for the, uh, it's a million dollar race. It's a grade one for a reason. I'll say that. All right. Well, <laughs> it is. It is. I will say we give California a hard time about grading graded stakes. This is a grade one. This is a, this is as grade one Pacific classic. This race are the two, like no yeah. question, no doubt or grade ones. Probably. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, so how do you see this race unfolding there, John? Well, practical move is number five in the program. He's I think eight to five on the program. He'll be okay. favored. He had an absolutely perfect trip when he won the San Felipe last time. Just sat, got through on the inside turner for home, opened up and won. He has obviously improved since the time he was a two-year-old. He's a big, strong horse, and he's getting better. But I'm looking at this race from a trainer intent. He's, mm. he's got his derby points. He's in. Who needs to win? He doesn't have to win this race. If you want to fiddle with his style and see if he'll sit inside, outside, or, or sit off the pace a little bit, now's the time you test drive him to see what you've got in case you need to do something different in Kentucky. Hmm. Uh, the horses that need to get the points here are National Treasure, who was a scratch from the San Felipe, came up with a, a foot issue that's been resolved. He's had three, six furlong works since that scratch. Uh, one of the Baffert horses that's now in the Tim Yock team barn. You've got Skinner coming from way off the pace for John Sheriff, who's getting better right now. And there is some pace in this race. You've got a couple of stretching horses stretching out. The pace is going to be legit. And you have Gold Rocket Riding, who in his second career start, first around two turns, ran second to practical move. I thought he ran a super race in the San Felipe after he got the pass and kind of was down inside of horses. He, he should have backed up in the stretch last time, but he kept running. Right. right. As far as I, I like the race, I like national treasure in this spot. Hmm. We, we saw his quality as a two-year-old. He missed the race last time. I think he was favored on the program when he was scratched and he's worked really well for this coming in. He's, and I, I really think this is a horse that wants to run further than the mile and a mile and 16th. He gets the mile and eighth. There's a lot of speed with Go Rocket Ride. There's a cowbred named One in Vermillion who was wiped out in the Sunland Derby, threw a fit in the gate and was wiped out, didn't get to show his speed. He's not this good, but he's going to make the pace hot. And you've got uh, Practical Move who will be close. I think National Treasure sits in a good spot here, third or fourth, sitting on the outside in the clear. And if he's 100% fit, I, I think he can get the money here. Uh, Skinner, I, I think he gets a better pace scenario today uh, on, on Saturday. He'll love the mile and an eighth. And, you know, John Sheriff has been kind of winding this horse and winding this horse up. I think he'll move forward again on Saturday. Practical move, obviously the one to beat, but 
if he gets beat, it doesn't matter. He's still going to Kentucky Derby. Sure. And uh, go rocket ride. If he isn't squeezing the lemon dry and Richard Mandela is not known for pushing the button too hard, to, you know, all of a sudden the third, third career start, he's in the Santa Anita Derby, one route race, he's <laughs> got one career win. You're asking an awful lot, but this horse is good. And yeah. and uh, he's worked well and he's galloping out like he wants to run this far. Yeah, I'm with you. It's interesting to watch too. Richard Mandela, I think, has borrowed a little bit from that Baffert playbook on workouts with him. You see a six furlong stacked on a five furlong workout for him, which is uh, much more common in Southern California workouts than we see, especially on timed uh, runs at least, uh, than we see here in the Midwest. I still think Practical Move is is the horse to beat here, and and I I appreciate John's take on this actually of of trying to figure it out. I don't. Do you think Ramon Va, you know Vasquez is at the point where you can ask him to do what you're talking about? He's ridden really well since he's come out from the Midwest, yeah. and uh, he, he's riding for, for a lot of the top trainers out here now. I haven't seen him take a misstep. He won his very first grade one when he came out here. Right. He's, he's proven he can win the big races, and, yes. and uh, that's not a concern for me. Okay. Do you think he's the rider if the if practical move – do you think he's the derby rider? You'll have to pry him off of that horse with a crowbar. I hope so. <laughs> it's one of the things that always makes me a little sad, John, is derby week is watching guys like Ramon lose their, their mounts to – you know, Julian Leperu for no reason, you know, that kind of thing. Unless Stop something really Julian crazy happens Saturday, Saturday, he'll be on that horse in Kentucky. Comes out of retirement. <laughs> I think Skinner's in a really good spot. I agree with you about Skinner, by the way. I think this is a um, a, a must-use here. This is a little bit of time off since that San Felipe, um, as far as just a little over a month, something that John Sheriff does really well. Uh, ran well in that race. I'm very, I'm fascinated, John. I agree with you. Go rocket ride. I cannot figure out as far as watching the replays, doing those things. I love a horse that, the first time you ask them to do something does a good job with it. So like you mentioned, going, you know, going two turns there, figuring it out that way. So I actually went five, seven and three. I'm going to try to beat national treasure here because I think that horse is going to get a bunch of money. And in this case, I think this is more, Hey, finish second or third, get us in the gate at the Kentucky Derby. And then we'll, we'll be second off the layoff and we'll figure it out in, in Louisville. Yeah. The last he's got to run one, two to, to get the points he needs. He's got to run one, two. Yeah, the last Santa Anita uh, Derby winner to win the uh, Derby was Justified, but since then we've had Authentic, yeah. and I don't, I don't know what we call Medina Spirit at this point. I guess not the Derby winner. Um, <laughs> so um, you know that's who we've had kind of come through. So you know we'll but see. But the winners are like Honor AP and Tava and very good horses. Oh, right? absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah. Rock your world didn't yeah. didn't really flourish Florida after the Cal- Derby. so justify california chrome and i'll have another of the last three horses to win the sandy derby and roadster in there roadster was in there yeah yeah okay 2019 yeah. love roadster yep. and instagram came in third that race good old instagram, good old instagram. God, we made so many jokes about that horse on this show <laughs> uh, man instagram all right well let's uh, move on to the can sandy- i ask john a real quick question yeah yeah you can Go ahead. I, I like john i like john he has too. good opinions do you like the derby point system yeah, I, I do. Uh, I think it makes the Derby a more legitimate race. Uh, you know, before, when it was just earnings, you had all those sprinters going into the Derby, and you got those crazy pace scenarios, kind of like what we saw last year. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, Christian you know, uh, Lamera, the, the guy uh, that rode the horse in Dubai, went on a suicide mission with forty-five and change to the half mile. And, and then we saw one of those old yeah. derbies where uh, you know the last man standing wins. But, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, in general, it's been a very formful Derby now that we we're getting. A kind of a reasonable pace scenario in the Kentucky right. Derby. All right, let's move on to that Santa Anita Oaks then and kind of get an idea there. For a while, though, I mean, this was like – This was it. This was the race. I mean, this you got it. Beholder, 
Songbird, <laughs> Midnight Bisu, Bella Fina, Swiss Skydiver. I mean, you had some incredible winners of this race. Um, Abel Tasman ran second in this race. Abel Tasman did run second in this race. <laughs> Prairie, right. no, who was that? Um, Paradise Woods. Paradise Woods. Yeah, was, won, won the race, the race and yeah. then it was her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, do you want? Okay. I, shout out to a buddy, Rich. I was at that Oaks, 48 degrees in Louisville, raining when Abel Tasman had dead last in the slop comes from like 15 off to just romp in the race. And and when we're putting together our little Oaks pick for my buddy's like, what do you think about Abel Tasman? I'm like, I think she lost to Paradise Woods by nine lengths in the uh, Santa Anita Oaks. That's what I think. <laughs> so we left her off the ticket because of me. So there you go. Little Abel Tasman. Thank you. Oops. <laughs> Oops is right. I never left a Baffert off after that. Yeah. Well, who's the budding superstar that's going to come out mm, of this race? Good question. Uh, that's, that could, I'm, I'm saying this very intentionally because we know that FaZe probably will not go to the, Kentucky Oaks or will not go to Kentucky Oaks for right, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is there someone out of this field that we can look at the first? Well, I guess it is the first Friday in May this year. It's not always the first Friday in May to uh, be a contender in the Kentucky Oaks. Right now, I, I'd say it's doubtful. I, I, I thought yeah. that I think the three-year-old fillies out here have been weak. Uh, Face has been the the best filly out here. She won the two preps for the Santa Anita Oaks uh, so far. And she's kind of hard to get a lineup because she just does what she has to do to win. She'll win by a half a length of three quarters. It looks like she's all in at the eighth pole. She finds a way to get it done. But then she gallops out. Well, I think there's something left. She's the filly to beat in here. But on numbers, she's nothing special. And I, I think you have to go shopping for a price because there's a lot of new mm. shooters. And the pace is going to be hot in this race as well. You have a very fast sprinter named Clearly Unhinged who's yes. going to make the lead in here. Now she, she hasn't had a perfect prep going into this race. So she tied up and uh, was going to run in an allowance race a few weeks ago that was canceled because of the rain. The rain, yeah, right. She tied up one morning and she she skipped another race. And now the connection said, well, heck, let's just go in the Santa Anita Oaks. I don't think this was the first choice, but she's going to make the pace hot. And you have the one horse, Vengeance, uh, uh, Venganza, excuse me, coming out of a match race. There was a day it rained. They scratched oh, yeah, everybody. Yeah. It was two horses. <laughs> she ran fast, but she only had to beat one horse. But she's quick. And so there's going to be some pace in here. Faze will be laying close. I like number six, window shopping in here. Mm-hmm. This is a, a, another Mandela horse that broke her maiden last time by 16 lengths. Um, the thing I like about it is that she sat close to a very fast pace that day. They went back to six for a long marker and 110 and changed. That's kind of like what, what the pace is going to be on Saturday in this race. She fired to the lead. And, you know, the last quarter was slow, but she was eased up down the lane because she was so far in front. So I think there was more there. She's a filly that's always been well regarded. And she can drop off the pace in this race. And I think that's what you're going to have to do to win. So mm-hmm. I, I like the shopping in here. Um, as far as the other horses, yeah, you have to be Faza. You know, I, I think Anne Tell Me No Lies, who was second to Faza last time coming off the layoff. She looked like she needed the race last time. She's mm-hmm. a filly that wants to win. She tries hard. Of all the Phillies in here, I think she's got the best chance to get to the Kentucky Oaks, especially if she runs well, she's going to the Oaks. So we'll see what she does here, and I expect her to move forward off that last race. And tell me no lies finished uh, eighth in the um, Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. What do I always say I like the most about a three-year-old Philly as a contender for the Oaks? They want to be out front. They want to win. Yes. Do you know how many of the horses in this race – are coming off of wins coming into this race. There are nine horses in this field. Faza. Seven. Seven of them. Wow. I right. love that about this field. There's a bunch of winners in this field. <clears throat> Excuse me. I agree with John that window shopping is, if you're going outside of the Faza spot, do that. Man, I'm going to take a flyer on Clearly Unhinged here. I, I, I trust Juan Hernandez to rate the horse as well as is he possibly can. Clearly Unhinged? Look, 
trying to have a civilization here. Um, <laughs> doesn't always work out. No, but I think clearly unhinged, if we're going to have someone go sprinter route, it's going to be out of that McCarthy barn. I think it's going to be under a guy like Juan Hernandez who understands the course, understands three-year-old horses, is running as well as anyone on the West Coast right now and probably the best, frankly. Um, and so if I'm using someone outside of phase, that's where I'm going. I'm going to clearly unhinge the wild card here because I think even – I don't know, John, do you agree with me that four to one number? I think it's going to be more like nine to two, five to one by the time we get to the gate. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, yeah. I think she'll drift out a little bit. I think they're going to concentrate on FaZa and, and and Tell Me No Lies. I think they'll be the first, solid first and second choice. I mean, FaZa is going to be, I mean, that's going to be like a one to nine. I, when it kind of goes yeah, off. four to five kind of number. I mean, Baffert and Stakes races at Santa Anita, you get what you get. No, that's right. But clearly in hinge, of course, going coming off of just one race so far at six and a half furlongs, but has is you know an intimate shift, so it can definitely go two turns. I don't think we're afraid of that at all. So. All right, so before we let John go, in any of the other stakes, John, is there a long shot or someone else that you love on this card? Oh, I tell you what, coming down the hill, race number 10, the Monrovia is yep. a really good betting race. The, the filly that Phil D'Amato has in there, Amy C. She's three for three down the hill. Nice. She is really good in that she's got tactical speed and a finish. And I, I think she's in the right spot there. She's seven to two in the program. She'll probably be three to one, seven to two, somewhere in there. Awesome. Okay. In a, in a race where there's a lot of, of uh, options to make wagers on, I think she's the right filly. Awesome. Two straight wins. Uh, so, yeah, like that. My wife is running in this, lay, in this race. Oh, she is? Yeah, legs galore. <laughs> How about Your wife that? is like five two. She has a longer inseam than me, and she's five inches shorter than me. That's, that's, How yeah, about that? Yeah, yeah. there right. you go. All right. Hey, John, we appreciate you. Where can people find you? You can catch us Saturday from 9 to 10 and Sundays 8 to 10, thoroughbredla.com, and uh, we'll be going over the Santa Anita Derby field as well as the wood and, and the uh, bluegrass at Keeneland. So we've got some homework to do for Saturday. All right, John Lindo, 60, Twitter? John, J-O-N, Lindo, L-I-N-D-O, 6-0 is my uh, Twitter handle, yes. He's a good follow, and he's a good guy. John, we appreciate you jumping on, bud. Thanks, Thanks John. guys. Good luck this weekend. All right, you too. All right, we're going to trade John Lindo for a uh, basketball wait, 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 wait. No, no, you, you don't know how to no, do not. introductions. No, don't do that. <laughs> he's got a shirt on. Let's bring on our man, Dan Issel. <laughs> who was I need to see more Issel. Make me, make me smaller, make Issel bigger. He's sitting in a car at his grandson's baseball game. How are you, Dan Issel? I am fine. How are we, guys? We're uh, doing great. I good. see. I told you your phone would work. Yeah. No, I'm. <laughs> I'm very happy. Thank you. Well, well, good. I'm also enjoying the um the random sun on your lips that makes you look like you put lipstick on. Is that what that is? <laughs> you get a little reflection, I think, coming off the. There you oh, go. There it is. Oh, there it is. All right. Are you wearing a Kansas pullover? No. It's no. what is that? My Batavia High School pullover. Of course. Okay. Of course. All right, all right. It's always Batavia, dude. We I get it. You're from it Illinois. Free. <laughs> yeah, right. Someone paid it. Someone else paid for it. That's the Issel lifestyle. Dan Issel on Twitter. Dan Issel44 on Twitter. Go find him. He co hosts a show called Issel and Louie with a guy named Louis Rabot. 10 to noon what every weekday on ESPN 680 105.7 in Louisville. You can stream us anywhere in the world at ESPNLouisville.com and go find that show. Uh, we have brought him on because Dan has three children. His daughter, his son, and Keeneland. And, Keeneland. and so we're going to have Dan not, on the not that order. Um, <laughs> it is not that order. Not, not that order. Um, Dan told me today that his granddaughter chose to have her graduation this weekend from high school and that she's lucky that he likes his grandkids more than his kids, so he's not going to Keeneland this weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah, there I, I had a table in the clubhouse <laughs> and, had to get, and had to give it up. And uh, some 
people have said, well, that, that was an easy decision. And I said, eh, no. maybe not. <laughs> Dan's here with us presented by green sheet racing, green sheet racing.com. Uh, we're going to talk about the all stakes pick four, starting with race six with Dan in the sheet. I did the uh, turf pick three, okay, which is a $3 minimum uh, because I think there are, I think the bluegrass is wide open as it's ever been. Okay. Dan's going to totally disagree with me, but uh, we will get there when we get there. Uh, but uh, Mike, take us away. Race six. Here. All right. We're going to start with race six, which is the Appalachian stakes. I was in Appalachia the last couple of days. <laughs> so there you go. And you made it home alive. I made it home alive. <laughs> I, I passed through all that rain and oh. made it home alive. Um, Appalachian stakes is a $400,000 mile turf race. Um, Dan, who is your pick in this one? I wanted uh, to ask Dan, Dan, do you consider the mile turf race the signature race at Keeneland? Uh, well, yeah, I, I like all turf races. I like the mile and an eighth better. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I do too. But longer got a longer run to the first turn, and you know, the, the turf horses get to spread out a little bit, but uh, I love all turf racing. Yeah. Do you like the two finish lines at Keeneland? No. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I don't like two finish lines anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you. Okay, good. That's a massive pet peeve on the show. Okay, yeah. good. I'm, I'm just glad the Hall of Famer agrees with us. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so I was I was not prepared. I have already done my handicapping for Saturday. Uh I, I think uh, uh uh winning Oscar what, what what's the Oscar performance horse winning? Oh. Uh, uh, I got to no breeding now. <laughs> no, this is how he does it. I know. Um, oh, good lord! That's not, Prince. That's uh, that's not this race, is it? Candy ride. I'm in the oh, wrong man. race. Yeah, you could be in the wrong race. Race six, Dan. No, so this well, is uh, beautiful navigator. Uh, is the twelve to one Papaleo six to one Cairo Consort three to one Heavenly uh, Sunday eight to uh, one Alpha Bella. Yeah. Let him go. Let him go. Let okay. I like I'm I'm good. I like uh, Suge McGahee's horse. Suge <laughs> <laughs> McGahee. Oh, pleasant passage. Yeah, pleasant passage. passage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I, yes. I I agree with Dan. I hey, think this I, one is is chalky, like spread chalky. Okay. Like there are four best horses here, and one of the four best horses is going to win. So I went three, five, seven, two. It sounds like Dan has the seven on top. I think that's totally reasonable. Lightly raced coming out of that Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Phillies uh, at. Keeneland, she ran well over the surface that day uh, behind Meditate, who was one of the stars of Friday. Um, and so I think that's what he's getting at here. Switching to Tyler because uh, because Irad is on Cairo Consort, okay. who's the favorite here, three to one. Or th the second favorite, three to one. Sorry. Coming out of those stakes races in uh, South Florida, the Here Comes the Bride and the Sweetest Chant. Before that, of course, the Ginger Brew. Uh, one, two of those came third by a head. The only thing, the only reason I don't have the three on top here, Dan, and... Um, is that I I worry, but I think because of the run-up a little bit on the mile, is I think she wants more than a mile. I think she's one of these 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 Phillies, you know, a Cairo Prince, Pioneer of the Nile kind of bred there with, you know, a street cry on the bottom, wants more than a mile. Do you think that's a possibility? Louie, I agree with that. I also uh, watched that race live in Florida, and, and she had every opportunity to yes, win to that. Pass. Yep. And just did not. And I, you know, I, I prefer horses that try that, uh, you know, are talented, but maybe not as talented as they are hard triers. And I think that's what Suge's horse is. 
I will tell you, I do have, um, I also included his seven. I have the two Papilio as another horse that I think people need to use in here. Mark Cassie, Javier Castellano, first race in the United States, was part of that uh, blanket finish, was actually ahead of Cairo Consort in that race, in that finish. Second race in North America, maybe she'll like the surface at Keeneland. And so to me, again, I think it's formful, but I think you have to spread amongst those forms. All right. Well, let's move on to race seven, which is the Madison. And this is the seven furlongs on the dirt. And we're going to see the return here of Goodnight Olive making her 2023 debut. Of course, the Eclipse Award winner. Yeah. Uh, uh, Goodnight Olive. And I think probably a horse that Louie likes a lot in society at three to one here. Like society. Um, so, I mean, this this is a uh, an ode to St. Anita uh, on their big day with only five horses in this field. But this <laughs> is a quality field. Get yeah. out the... Uh... Field uh, auxiliary, auxiliary gate. gate at Keeneland here. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. You can toss society. Society has to be on the lead to win, and she ain't getting to the lead in this field. So <laughs> you can throw her out. Uh, you know how can you how can you bet against Goodnight Olive? I mean, I think this is a free square in your pick four and your pick five. Uh, she's uh, you know she won the Philly and Mare Sprint at Keeneland last fall. Uh, she's got Irad. She's got Chad, who's like 30 uh, percent bringing back horses uh, like this. Uh, th this is a very nice field. I think, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I didn't like the one horse. Uh, two through five are are all going to be grade one winners at some point. Two of them already are. But um, but how how can you how can you bet against Goodnight Olive? I agree with Dan that there's only two strategies here. You use Goodnight Olive and move on, yeah. or you think a horse like you, Gary, is going to have a, a huge day for some reason. Right. Um, right. And, and she's got great wet form. Let's see her do it over a fast track at Keeneland on Saturday, 65 degrees, you know, sunny, um, you know, under fantastic housewife, Ricardo Santana Jr. But I, um, I, I'm with Dan. I think it's once in a while it's okay to admit there's a best horse in the race, and in this case we have it, and her name is Goodnight Olive. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Well, and then again, I, I do think that. By this the way, I read, going to spend the whole meet at Keeneland. Oh, nice. Staying the whole month. I think that's. I. I think that eventually leads to him riding at Churchill as well. By the way, Ooh. I think there's a chance because of the purses he ends up not leave not leaving Churchill either. The one horse that we did not mention, who I would also say, you know, you know, look out for is Mary Quite Contrary. She just wins. Yeah, that's all she does. She just wins. I agree with you. And yep. Luca Panici aboard, so I love the Italian uh, angle on that one <laughs> as well. So they flew him in for that race. That day. I love I, Luca Panici. There you go. We'll that's, but that that's the day. kind of horse that finishes second or something. Absolutely, and makes it a nine to you know a nine to one kind of exact, and that's that's where you can really get value in a five horse field. All right, we're going to move to Shakertown Stakes here. Um, you ever been to Shakertown, Dan? Uh, multiple times. Can I mean, you take me to turn the butter. Shakertown. Town. All right, he's uh. Can you take me to? We're gonna get on to this one, Louie. Who did you like in this race? This is a uh, three hundred fifty thousand dollars purse, Great two, five and a half furlongs on the turf. I think Caravel is is a deserved favorite here, but I do think Artemis City Limits is an interesting horse here. Has never won at Keeneland, but it's because she's run against unbelievable talent. She lost a Golden Pal on this course. She lost to um, it, at a Kentucky Downs race by a neck to Bran, who was a very fine uh, turf horse as well. Ran in that Breeders' Cup turf sprint last year under Juan Hernandez. Ran fifth, and that people forget that finish was such a blanket. I think there were seven horses within three lengths of Caravelle at the end of that one. We were there for that one on that Saturday. I think that she's sometimes in these races, a horse that's six for 23 lifetime, four for 16 on the turf. I mean, 
13 times she's hit the board in 16 turf races. So she's going to be there. Yeah. That's kind of the point. And so I think Caravelle's the favorite here, but I, I'm going to include Artemis City Limits as part of my ticket as well. He's going to be there. Excuse me. <laughs> what am I saying? Caravelle's the, uh, is the lady amongst the men here, Dan. Do you think she can get it done? Uh, yeah, well, sure, she can get it done. I mean, she's, as you said, she's very consistent on the grass. And the three of us saw that race when she won the Breeders' Cup race. Uh, but uh, there are some horses in here. I'm spreading in this race. Okay. Because I'm only going to use uh, two or three horses in the bluegrass, and I'm and I'm uh, and I'm singling. Good night, Olive. And so I I might I might hit the Allberger in this race. Ooh. But, uh, That's I, an expensive Allberger in this race. Dan. There's 13 <laughs> horses. Retired Hall of Fame. Okay. You know, short race on the grass. Caravelle's coming back after a layoff. She doesn't have to win this one. Uh, I think there's a bunch of horses that that, that have a shot in this race. So uh, I'm going to use plenty of them. I'm going to I'm going to go reporter here. Are you ready? Yes. Sources. Nobody listens. The also eligible in this race ship today from Indianapolis is on site at Keeneland. So if there is a scratch, the 13 is running. Mm hmm. If you want to see a horse break from a gate like you've never seen in your life outside of a quarter horse race, my people, go back and watch the Big Daddy Stakes on my birthday, March 11th at they Turfway were, Park. They ran a, a, a race named after me on your birthday. Correct. That was nice. I agree. <laughs> if you want to see a horse run over six furlongs that doesn't need any more than five and a half, go back and watch that race. 20 to one. If that horse gets in the field, go ahead. Your boy's telling you 10 across the board. There's, there's your boom. Do it. Yep. yep. Right. If he gets in. Which, by the way, it. that's what Dan's talking about. A horse like that can win this race. He's fast enough. Yep. That's Dan's point. And so I, I, I agree with him on that part. All right. So we're going to move on to uh, a bluegrass stakes, which it already sounds like the two of you all are totally, totally disagree, disagree yeah, on. Right. Um, you know, we're going to see Tappet Trice, uh, Pletcher's other horse <laughs> right now. Other, other, other horse. Yeah. yeah right. Other, other, <laughs> other, other horse. Um, you know, I, I look at this field and I think we've got a lot of horses that we could see run on the first Saturday of May. I don't yep. think we're going to see anybody out of this race who I would uh, anticipate seeing up front in the, in the first Saturday of May. The, the bluegrass stakes has not been a good indicator of Derby success uh, recently. And I don't see any reason why this is not going to continue with this field. So I'm interested here to hear Dan's take on his two or three horses that he's going to put in his, uh, in his. All right. So before Dan goes, how many do you have here, Dan? He said two. I, I have three. 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 Okay. okay. I know who he has on top because uh, he and I are going to be expert expert uh, contributors to the Herald Leader this week. So here's – I, I want everyone in the world to understand <laughs> what's about to happen. The Herald Leader asked a couple of weeks ago, hey, we're going to go find a bunch of basketball experts who do media in Kentucky. Okay. And did not invite Dan Issel. What? 30 of them. 30. Right. 30 people got invited. What? No, no Dan Issel. Do no, media Do media in Kentucky. Do me, no, we have Ben Roberts on every week. Every week. And Ben Roberts covers horse racing. Okay. Now. Out of 30, out of 30 people. Dan's 31st, okay? We go, we go horse racing today. Dan gets in. So I'd like to point out, horse racing is better than basketball. I'll, uh, there, I said it. Boom. <laughs> I'm I'm listening. I'm I'm just I'm shocked. Are you stunned or what? I'm stunned. Okay, if you're talking media in this state and Dan Essel's part of the media of this state, that's the top. That's it, right? It's well, it's not even that. It's just like <laughs> I understand the relationship that you all have with the guys at the Herald, right? And 
and they all know how much Dan loves horse racing. And I, you know, when you think about the second all-time leading scorer <laughs> in the ABA, the leading scorer in Kentucky basketball history, leading rebounder, leading rebounder in Kentucky basketball history, looked well, the best men, in the short men, shorts men with the belt on. Uh, you know, I just I can't even imagine the like, best with three I, missing teeth. It's all it's all a thing. It's it's my wow. show. Gotta tell you. He was dude, he railed. It was great. I mean, I told right. Ben Roberts no on that one. So, <laughs> so he told me verifying his top pick here. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. surprise me. I'm going to guess that he thinks Tappet Trice has a legitimate shot as well. And I then do. Is your third one blazing sevens. Yep. Ah, you got. We look know at you. Him. Okay. Yeah. You we got it. Well. And and I'm I'm real close to leaving blazing sevens out. Okay. He was he was a really nice two year old, but man, that first race back. As a three-year-old, that was too bad to be believable. I mean, that if he's that bad, Chad wouldn't be running him here. So I'm I agree. Gonna, I agree. I, I like I like verifying. Um, I I think he was uh, that that he doesn't have a very good mud number, and uh, that that race uh, in the Rebel was a really muddy track, and he was too close to uh, to a hot pace that day. Tappet Trice is going to be a big, big favorite. Agreed. And, and, and he'll probably win the race. But mm. when I watched the, the, his race uh, down in Florida, he, he has a habit of not breaking fast, not breaking, com, coming out of the gate. And, he, and I know he's only, it was only his third start, but man, was he just running in spots. When he ran, he ran really good, uh, he, uh, but I'm going to try to beat him with verifying. Uh, that's probably stupid, but um, but but I think verifying can get it done. I'm, uh, you know, that's Brad Brad Cox and Tyler Gaffleone. That's a pretty good competition. I mean, I think a lot of people feel that way about Tabitha Trice, though. That the the immaturity of the horse could be his downfall, but it hasn't been so far. It doesn't matter. So far, I mean, that yeah. that horse has been able to rise above the fields that. He's gone against, and um, after he won that allowance race at uh, Gulfstream Park, I mean, he was a buzz. I mean, he that's probably the best he's fired so far. Well, he goes two turns to Tampa, and he, he shows it's not a big deal, right? I mean, yeah, so yeah. Well, I mean, again, I think but a lot of people were very critical of that ride or that race, and um, just think like kind of what Dan said, like there were sometimes he just seemed uninterested, but then when he seems interested, that horse looks just immensely talented. It's just yeah. whether or not he can pull that all together uh in this race or even on the first saturday of May. it's too bad the, the breeding sucks i mean it's just not not a well-bred horse yeah he, he was only <laughs> as a yearling yeah only a 1.3 million dollar purchase that's right all right folks dude i'm gonna give you money okay if you would like money listen to me i'm at the point in my life by my life i mean this year I am watching eight or nine hours of horse racing replays and workouts a week right now. Okay. I was going to, if you were going to say a day, not a day, no, I was no, I, I, I really have concerned about you, man. The 11 Mendelssohn's March. Oh, is a problem, man. That horse is a problem. He wins on turf to break his maiden by disqualification. And he got, and by the way, legit DQ, that other horse was trying to wrestle him. Okay. okay. Comes back. Runs in a two-turn sloppy obstacle claimer, hundred thousand dollar, not available for claim, under Francisco Arietta. Go back, people. Go up. Go do your job. Go back and watch that race. No reason that horse should have won. He's on the rail. 
He's stuck on the rail in the slop. He gets mud kicked in his race in his face the entire race. The entire race. The jockey changes his goggles five times. And he just slides up the rail. Francis was like, hey, we're gonna go up the rail. There's no space, but we're gonna do it. And he's like, Yeah, no problem. Okay. 20 to 1, take your money. Cross the board, $10. Just there's your money. Go ahead, do that. Okay. Good. Next race. By the way, Ray's Kane is the other horse that no one's talking about. It was again on a wet track. I get it. In there's the a Gotham. Why no one's talking about Ray's Kane? Because it's Holy Thursday or what? No, because I mean No, that that go watch that race. I, I did see the Gotham. You know, I I'm shocked that Ray's Kane is that it's in Kentucky. I just, you know, I'm surprised they didn't keep him in New York for the wood. Uh, I agree with that. I'm, I was really surprised by that because he probably had a much better chance in the wood than he did in this race. But at the end of the day, he'll, he'll make it to the Kentucky Derby because he's got 50 points. But this horse is Mendelssohn's March. I want you to notice the cues here. People McPeak's got three horses. Two of them are being ridden guy by guys who have no jockey trainer stats with him. None. Brian Hernandez is his guy. They have 261 rides together the last year. 261. He's putting his best rider on this horse. It's not an accident. He has other horses in this field with lower morning lines. Pay attention. This is 20. You're going to get 12 to 1. He's not going off at 20 to 1. That's not happening. But you're going to get 12 to 1 on this horse. Take advantage. Okay, there you go. So Louis all about it. Uh, By the way, in race 11, just use the 1 and the 3 in the maiden race and the turf race, and you'll be fine. Just do that. I mean, I'm a little surprised that we didn't hear anything about the five horse in this race from Dan. Oh, God, I don't even know what to do. Huh? Oh, okay. Let me talk about Haystrike. Okay. It is a connect. It is, an, is it a connect cult. Yep. I, we talked about him because we've been doing the Maryland shows. Yep. So he ships and he does a Preakness prep terms. in the private terms, right? And I said, they're going to use this to move on and get back on the Derby trail. I just... I want to I want to see him without Lasix go ahead and win that another race. Okay, that's it. That's the whole thing with Haystrike. I think he's absolutely got a shot here. But if he liked Haystrike better than Mendelssohn, uh, whatever his name is, Mendelssohn's March. Yeah, Mendelssohn's March. He'd have Brian Hernandez Jr. Were you, were you at the uh, you were at the Derby with Mendelssohn? Right? Oh yeah, yeah. ran dead we last. Had those, well, we had those uh, those <laughs> Irish guys in front of us oh, yeah, yeah. who were like just like <laughs> all about Mendelssohn. Man, they could have, they were the biggest. Also, uh, Lachlan McLean. Yeah, yeah, that was his pick. How yeah. about that? Right. Hmm. How'd that work out, Locke? He yeah. only won UAE Derby by about eighteen lengths, so I can I can understand why they were excited about him. They were, they were ready for him. Yep. Yeah, it was crazy. I am, by the way, it didn't come up with uh, with John, but I'm very happy that in the Santa Anita Derby, the the Japanese horse Mandarin Hero actually shipped, and they're going to run him in the Santa Anita Derby. I don't think he wins. But I love that there's more. Man, what a story it would be if he does. Of course. Oh, be great. Be awesome. Let's go under a Japanese rider in Kimura. That would be unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, what, what, yeah. I mean, he might have some pride there. I don't know. Like, Maybe. You bring up the fact that it's He's from San Diego. I don't yeah. Know. All right. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Okay. Let's go to Aqueduct. Let's, we're we're going to go to Aqueduct. We're going to talk <laughs> about. Show, show me the show sheet real quick. Oh, I'm sorry. all over the place. Okay. All right, we're gonna go. We're gonna start with race three, which is the Gazelle. Uh, it's a mile and an eighth on the dirt for three year old fillies. Um, so who do we like here in the Gazelle? <laughs> it's the easiest single ever. <laughs> yeah, shit a booty, baby. Let's go. Shit a booty. Shit a booty. Let's go, Dan. Who do you like? That's me. Single. There it is, huh? I thank you. I agree. Uh, I think it's who are you singling, Dan? Shit a booty. No, I need him to say. Oh, sorry. Move. Oh. Oh. Man, how I, would you have said that horse's name, Dan? 
I I wouldn't have said it. I would have let the the linguistics guy pronounce. <laughs> Damn it! I screwed up. <laughs> oh, is man. It, is, she is a beauty. Did you X out? Oh, she is a beauty. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't want to see producer it. Zach. What are we doing? I don't know either. <laughs> I'll see him after Dan's gone. Back to a All right, listen, to give a little love, because we did talk about this last time when Shit Booty won the busher. Uh, give a little love to Capella, though, as a potential on this race as well. So uh, we'll move on then to the next one. Oh, and a Colt's a serious horse, too, right? Yeah. Won the Busanda going the two turns, but it's a little bit of a layoff here. Obviously, Chad Brown does well off the layoff. I want This is another, I think, the, the trainer's giving away who he likes more. His percentages are higher with Dylan Davis, but his numbers are are considerably higher with Manny Franco. Okay. So I think he's telling you, I've got Manny Franco on this horse, um, and that's why uh, I think she's a winner. All right, we're going to move on to the Carter Handicap, which is a grade one. Uh, is it a grade one, Louie? This version? Yes. Not close. Dan says not close. It's a grade two minus. Okay. Uh, yeah. The Carter Handicap, which is a seven furlong sprint on the dirt for four-year-olds and up. We do have White Abario on this. Race. I was going to say, people, I just, um, White Abario, go ahead and drink. I, um, I look, White Abario runs in the cigar mile, loses by a head in the absolute sloppiest of slop over this track. I adore the fact that they brought this horse back up for this race. Okay. I think it's just the absolute best spot for him. They put him in an, abs- in an optional claimer last time out at Gulfstream. He beats Weyburn, by the way, by good four horse, and man. a half legs. And an optional claimer. That's a nice an optional claimer. Just, just sits there, waits, waits, waits his turn. Tyler says, hey, buddy, it's time to go. A little, little, little flick flick. Well, I mean, a little flick flick. It's it just- real interesting because, I mean, this, all early on this horse's career, we went one four out of his first five races. And I think they – and then he hasn't won since uh, outside that uh, allowance optional claimer. They needed that horse to feel what it was like to get out there and win, right? This is, this is the, the opportunity to win a grade one as a three-year-old and a grade one as a four-year-old. That puts him in a very different spot. White Barrios breeding, by the way, race day. They brought him for five grand. Yeah. They bought this horse for $40,000, made over a million bucks. I mean, we talk about horses of a lifetime. You know, Dan, this is this is one of those. Well, it uh, he probably is already there, but if he wins this race, that puts him in the breeding shed, if not in Kentucky, certainly in Florida. Yeah, right. And, and I think the only the only other horse you have to use in this race, and that's why I say it's a very weak grade one. The only other horse you have to use is Repo Rocks. Who likes who likes Aqueduct has won four times there. And uh only yeah. problem with him though is is this distance for some reason he's one for twelve. And mm. it just just for some reason the seven furlongs just doesn't work for him. I don't know if it's not long enough, not short enough, whatever. Um, and so I just for me, man, I think White Abario is in an unbelievable spot here. And if you can get better than two to one, go, go, go. All right, then we're going to move on to the 100-point race that probably means the least, uh, the Wood Memorial. Go ahead. All right, so the Wood, <laughs> the, there it is. That's all I got. Tell That's me. a needless besmirchment, Jack. Uh, come uh, on, Zach, you're better than that. It's Jack. not, it's not Jack. needless. Who's Jack? Come on. All right. Louie, <laughs> I pick here. All right, so we got his pick. What do, what so do Dan like? wants me to guess who I you picked? Is that what you said? No, I no, said love it. Oh, I like a maiden. I like a maiden in this race. Yeah, you like the one dreamlike, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great pick. I, uh, I'm totally maiden, with Dan. A maiden after I, I would pick Hit Show. Uh, Hit Show uh, is a lot of pluses. Has a lot of pluses. Will probably be the favorite. Has already uh, run a mile in an eighth. Won the Withers by five and a half. Um, 
Franco is riding at like 25% at Aqueduct so far. This so, but yeah. I hate that 13 post. I really He's in the 12 if that makes you feel any better, but it shouldn't. <laughs> so uh, dreamlike, maiden after two starts, but his numbers are really good. Trained by Pletcher. Jose Ortiz has a ride on this one. And the reason I like this horse, and see if this makes sense. This horse is owned by the same partnership, Rapoli and St. Elias. Oh, yeah, that, sure. That own Forte. So if they thought that this horse, that they were pushing this horse, th this isn't Derby fever. They've already got the favorite in the, in the Derby. A lot of these horses in this field are in the field because their connections have Derby fever and they're going to take a shot. Uh, Pletcher and Rapoli and St. Elias don't have to do that. So I think this horse has got a real shot to win, to win the wood. Totally agree with Dan. I would also, I would also use the outside horse here in um, the 13 hit show. He's going to be breaking from the 12. I think a mile and an eighth is enough time to make up the, the distance here, Dan. I think that especially that long stretch at Aqueduct, those long sweeping turns, I think he'll be just fine. I wanted to, and I have not done this in a very long time. Mike. Okay. Tell me, I'm going to give out a pick four at Aqueduct before they bulldoze the place. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Great. I'm singling white barrio on the Carter. Okay. Okay. In race nine, we didn't talk about it. I'm using the two and the six. Okay. Anybody a price on that one? Or is they no. Okay. The next so, race is where I think the price talking. is. All right. Is I'm pu I'm punching all in race ten. Okay. At Aqueduct, I'm using the one and the thirteen. That's a twenty-two dollar pick four. Very playable at a, at old uh, at the Big A, if you will, all in right. Ozone Park. Dan, have you been to Ozone Park? <laughs> Probably double digits. Attaboy. boy. Were you at the Breeders' Cup there? Uh, I I was. It was the it was the second Breeders' yes. Cup. First, the first yeah. Breeders' Cup. Woodbine, was right? Santa Anita. Santa Anita. Okay. We were in the playoffs, and so I didn't get to go to that one. But uh, we were. We the season was over for Breeders Breeders' Cup number two, and I went and I went to uh, I saw it at Aqueduct and Tasso. Tasso. Mm. Who did? Who, uh, 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 oh, now I can't remember who it was, but uh, was it Stormcat? Might have been. Yes, that sounds right, actually. Yeah. It might, but uh, Tassel run, won the, uh, won, won the uh, two-year-old race, and I, and I bought a share in Tasso, and I don't think he ever won another race. <laughs> <laughs> the, old, the old Dan Issel death knell there. There you go. Well, I mean, I know Dan misses me a lot, so he's, he's so he's really excited to come back to Louisville and you know head to the races with us when he comes in person. We'll get to see each other a lot that week. I will say uh, for people who listen to this show, Dan and I, and and I think you're going to try to hang out every day. I'll be out there most days, yeah, for sure. Um, Dan Mon and I, Monday will be the hard day. Monday will be the tough day. How hard will it be? Uh, huh. I um <laughs> getting in the mid forties. The um uh Dan and I will be out there ten to noon. Monday through Friday, live from Churchill on Derby Week. Well, I will make sure. For sure. I understand. Yeah. We'll make sure all that happens. And um, that's going to be a, a horse racing happy hour takeover of Issel and Louis. So we will have fun the whole week. That way, Dan and I will do backside stuff Monday through. See what I did there? Oh uh, Monday through Wednesday. And then third, uh, starting on Thurby, we'll be up in 322 in our normal spot in 65 and 66. 
at our table, made sure that we had the same spot as we always do. What is it like to be on the backside when you're Dan Issel? I mean, <laughs> you get just hand, like I love the backside Churchill Downs. Of, of do you Derby love the backside? Yeah. I love the backside Derby Week. Oh, yeah, 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 just yeah. Derby Week. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but you know, I'm not getting like you know, a yeah, right. No one cares that you're back there. Right? Well, I mean, yeah, right. I, this, the normal people you say hi to and whatever else, but like, uh, is it a little much for you to be on the backside Derby Week, Dan? No. No, I see. I see a lot of people. I see once a year, so it's a lot of fun. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, I love it. It's it's yeah. so much. So fun. that'll be ten to noon Eastern Monday through Friday, and then Saturday we'll have an eleven to two Eastern. You have actually haven't done the backside a, a ton. Not radio, and not a, and frankly, just in general. No, no, because no. Uh, you've always had carpool and all this other. Oh, stuff. just other I mean, stuff. And, yeah. I, and so I, you know what I did? I took I took control of my house this year, and I said, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Said baby, oh. guess who's going to be backside hey. every single day? Me and Dennis. So hey, that's what's up. I'm going back on that. On that note, I'm going back to the baseball game. You guys, bye, right, Dan. Dan. We'll see, see you later. tomorrow. <laughs> bye, bye, Dan. All right, well. right, get him out of here. Get the Hall of Famer out of here. Who needs a Hall of Famer besides me every single day, Monday through Friday? There it is. <laughs> All right, so we got we got three. Big- Can you believe I get to host radio with that guy? Yeah, I I can't believe it. No, but it's ridiculous, right? No, nothing's ridiculous. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. There you go. All right, so we uh, we're sitting here and uh, we got three hundred point I mean, races. You I do pay him got. to show up, so there's that. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> it's probably less than his NBA pension, to be fair to Danisel. All right, real question for you. Yeah, what do you think is the more likely storyline coming out of the weekend? We've got four Derby contenders, or holy crap, how did that horse win this race? Well, we definitely won't have four Derby contenders. I think we'll get a whole. Do you think Angel of Empire is not a Derby contender? Uh. I think that style, Flavian Pratt, Brad Cox. Right, so I think the fourth makes, one. So that would be if like a forte. Let's say practical Pat move wins. Yep. Right, and then we get in the, we get Tappet Trice winning. Tappet Trice to me would have to win and show like a lot. You know, we talk about some of these horses looking like they're pros. Yeah. And right. we let's say he runs a ninety-seven this he, weekend. He's going to have to come out and really take control of that race just look like a stud in the paddock and all that kind of stuff for me to think that he's a, a legit derby contender so i think we have three derby contenders um how dare you twist my question i didn't twist your question so you think practical moves winning i think practical moves winning i do too i think we're gonna get a uh long shot to probably in the wood Okay. We'll probably get a really long shot that wins the wood. And I think we could potentially get a long shot that wins the bluegrass. I think we get a long shot in the bluegrass, not in the wood. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Okay. I could I could see that either way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the we're gonna see we're gonna see something kind of crazy this weekend. And I do think we've got we've got Forte and we've got a little we got a, a step down to practical move, and then I think we've got really a step down? A an even bigger step down to Angel of Empire. And then there's a and then probably Tabit Trice is that fourth horse. And then I think it's a it's a drop-off after that. What are you rooting for? Are you rooting for three dominating performances you or a bunch I, of chaos? I honestly, I'm rooting um, for the whole Triple Crown season or just this weekend? What are you I'm rooting gonna, for? I'm rooting for Practical Move big time. I want to see I want to see Practical Move put in a big effort and us really thinking that the Derby's better when the Santa Anita Derby winner is legit, yeah. right? It when just we is. have a, I like, agree with le- you. like where we have Forte and Practical Move are like looking like that's the storyline. Those yes. two horses, yes. I think that's really what I want to see. And then people start talking about Angel Vampire, just you know, it's like oh yeah, but you can't forget about that horse. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be those three, and then um, 
Capitrice wins, then we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, all these other three-year-olds, to me, have just been way too inconsistent. The, the good thing about the horses that we're talking about, outside of Tim Yachting, people know the trainers. Yeah. Right? And we're talking about Pleasure. star power on that end. And so, at, at least, though, with Practical Move, you get the good story of a Ramon Vasquez. Right. So th there are two sides of horse racing, the people that we know and then the yep. people that are the good stories. Right. And so Ramon, Ramon Vasquez can absolutely uh, be that guy. And so I man, those are. I, I was happy to hear John say they're going to have to crowbar that guy off the horse. And by the way, he's right. They, they he runs his best races with Ramon. Yeah. It's not even close. So I hope I hope that's absolutely the case. So, I mean, we knew we were going to get a Fletcher or Brad Cox more than likely. Sure. In this in this derby. Uh, so yachting. I, and again, I, I will be rooting hard for Yacht. I'll either be rooting hard for Forte, who I think could be a legit Triple Crown winner in this with this uh, group of three-year-olds, mm. um, or I would love to see Yacht pull it off without having one of Baffert's horses like being able to do it on his own. Do you feel bad for the other horses that White Barrio is running this weekend and is going to take the spotlight off of them? I mean, White Barrio is that's all he is. I mean, he if White Barrio walks to the door, nothing else matters, you know. Must be nice. Florida Derby winner. Why to bar you? Grade one is a three-year-old chance at a grade one is a four-year-old. There it is. Pretender. I think he gets it done. Man, I can't. Pretender. <laughs> How many rounds are we going to go? Zach, get on get on the line. Get on screen here. How many lines? First off, <laughs> I think when we do the Derby draft this year, it's you and me picking, and then I think we should have a different celebrity guest picker for the, that other pick every single, you know. The first pick would be this person. You know, we bring back oh. the sniper. That and then yeah. so we have like six people sit in or something or seven people. Yeah, but they're all picking for that in that same like celebrity yeah. guest picker slot. Yeah. So you get one, I get one, then celebrity picker kind of thing. Yeah, or you know whoever however we get to draw, we might you know snake draft the thing, or whatever. We'd have to do something like that. Yeah. Okay. Although the snake's not going to matter a whole bunch after the first snake, but yeah. We said that last year, and then Restrict won the Derby. We, we did so, say yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> I like, and I, actually, the way our draft turned out last year was awesome. So um, what do you think about that? You like, you like the celebrity guest pickers? I do like uh, that, that option, yeah. Right. So uh, by the way, friend of the show, Kevin Kilroy, we just did a show with him. What'd you say, Zach? Yes. I said as yeah. long as we get Race and Rachel. That's right. Oh, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, right. Um, what we need to do is go like – Sherva, Rachel, Flatter, just to offend people. Yes. Like, you. Yes. Hey, you. Like, you know, just in yeah. a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Lindo. Got... Lindo's passable. Uh, yeah, no, I'm just trying to think what other celebrities would we want. The Sniper. So, Kevin Kilroy was just on. I know that he'll he'll uh, he'll jump pick, on with us yeah. for that. But Kevin's going to be in town for two weeks. He's on the notes team for oh, nice. the Derby. So, he's hanging out with uh, Christine. He's going to come with us to Chef's Cut on the Wednesday of Derby Week. Oh, man, that'd be a lot of fun. How about that? Uh, yeah, so I'll I mean, tell if you, you all don't must, know, like, we that... must have in the draft. Dan Illman, baby. Who who must we have in the draft? Dan Illman. I mean, Sherv is probably. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? That's not a bad Oh, Illman's call. an obvious yeah, one. Illman. Yeah. We'll get John Piasek on here. We'll load up. Uh, I mean, we, we got a lot of celebrity guests. I mean, Issel's an obvious one, right? No, you know what? You know how they like. We leave an Issel out? No, no. We excluding Issel from this process? Yeah, probably. Yeah, That's, damn right. The You're out, Issel. You're out. I like the idea of you know how like I know you're not a big WWE guy, but like when they had the Royal Rumble, like you always get that, like this. I don't understand this this what this mentioned. Zach yet, knows what the Royal Rumble is. It's like when they have like they bring a wrestler down one at a time, and it's like thirty guys oh. in the ring, and they're like you know, so it's like, it's you know, one guy comes in every thirty seconds, right? Starts with two okay, guys. I like that a lot. So, but they always <laughs> have the surprise guy, and I want the yes. surprise guy to be Ed DeRosa. That's the guy. <laughs> I want Ed DeRosa in our. Why would it not pick. be Travis Stone? 
I mean, Travis Stone would come on. He's been on the show before. He has been on the show before. I want a new guy. He's never been on the show. I want DeRosa. Okay. You know, we'll get Levitch. Well, David Levitch, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, going like to be. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, Maybe we don't pick at all. We just get 20 people to pick the, the Derby draft, I and like then we do a different Derby too. draft. Yep. That's I not like a that terrible idea, idea either. Maybe we do and, three. And, I don't care. Yeah. We got good stuff. You know, now, now we're getting into, like, uh, the, the inside baseball of it, but we'll get a green screen, too, and put the uh, – we can electronically put the, the uh, Derby draft behind you. Yeah. While you're talking your way through. I like it. All right. Well, listen, it's been an awesome show. We appreciate for all you people who tuned in today. Hopefully you had some fun and you learned a little bit about the horses run this weekend. Uh, Listen, the one thing that uh, we're real passionate about is making horse racing approachable to the average fan, average better. So we want you to be the most educated listeners going into this triple crown season as possible. So look for us to be doing a whole lot more with, hey, here's some handicapping 101 tips, how to look at the form, how to look at the races. We're going to be doing a lot of special releases uh, going into the first Saturday of May uh, because, again, we want to make sure that you guys feel confident at the track. Shout out to our guy, Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith. Who brought this to my attention. My good friend who I don't even know. In a very serious way. Uh, I think I think he's a consumer of both the podcast and and my 10 to noon show, which okay. is a lot. Brandon, you could do better. Um, the uh, But don't. Please don't. It's better for me if you don't. Yeah, right. Okay, Brandon Smith. <laughs> All right, let's pay. I the- think we're going to beat him Derby Week. It's going to be good. Keep it up. Let's pay Check the tab. Out. Let's get out of here. Louis timing episode. It's really good. <laughs> the timing episode is excellent. I agree. Uh, let's okay. pay the tab. Let's get out of here. Thanks for listening. This has been the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Closing time. Open.